Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to The Distraction here on Fightful.com. Joseph's already distracted. He's looking elsewhere. You here, Joseph? Apparently so. I mean, it's an hour early. Um, I, I turned up to production four minutes for, for showtime. So I'm, I'm here. I think I'm here. We're not talking about wrestling, though, right? I don't want to do that, Jeremy. Don't We're do talking about me. basketball today. I'm told right? that Tobias Harris is not in the top 10 of All-Star votes East Front Court. Huh? 26% for free? Clay Thompson's top 10 West guards. He's had a hell of a season. The dumbest system of all systems. <laughs> Whatever. That actually is another topic for another day. So I'll, apparently I've seen some tweets and stuff and you were like, oh, we're going to do, we're going to go an hour early and we're going to talk about wrestling for seven hours. And I was like, Jeremy, we're not doing that. We're going to do a, a solid hour and a half. No post show. I, I hear you're busy. I see a forbidden door behind you. Yes. So, you know, how is the bunker anyway? It looks good. Uh, the bunker as well. People can see there is a for- forbidden door behind me further. Which way? Further this way. There we go. Brandon. <laughs> uh, people can see like 12-year-old me as a caricature. caricature. I can't say that word. How do you say that word, Joseph? It's close. Caricature. Okay. The, you, know, yeah. you split the C and the T, but it's fine. You're close. All right. Yeah. The, as a hockey player. So that was done many, many, many years ago. <laughs> It looks like Brett Brown. Is that is that what you were going for or not at 12 years old? I mean, 12-year-old me might have been going for Brett Brown. Very possible. I, I still go for Brett Brown, so yeah. I, I can I can relate. That's fine. You just got to be – look, we're blessed to play this game, Joseph. We're blessed – in the middle of a pandemic, we are just blessed to get in the gym every day, get these shots up. It's your – what was the, the phrase? It's your key to the universe, right? The basketball. Yeah. Or in this case, the hockey puck. There you go. Peak Brett. Uh, I'm Jeremy Lambert. With me as always, Joseph Holbert. People might might know us by now, maybe. Uh, let's get the plugs out of the way. Fightful.com, check it out. YouTube.com slash Fightful. Uh, go, go there and subscribe to our videos. Subscribe to our page. Leave a thumbs up on every single video. Just go to every video and leave us a thumbs up on all the videos. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. There's no post show after today because I got things to do. And I don't know. We'll be back on Twitch on Tuesday. I think that'll probably be the next Twitch stream unless uh, Sean ends up streaming something at like midnight. 
Um, that's everything. Fightful Select, everyone, everyone sign up to, to Fightful Select. Sean's dropping news. News on Lars Sullivan. Sean actually talked to Lars Sullivan. So <laughs> got the, the got uh got the word directly from him. Um that's it. Let's get into this. Leave us a super chat, everybody. Uh you leave a super chat, question, comment, statement, gets read on air like our good friend JJ. He says, hello to my favorite stars. Hope everything is going good. Kenta still rules. Excited to see him on AEW. Thoughts on a potential re- relationship. JJ, just uh, booking the program here. We're going to get to that. JJ, we're going to get to that literally right now. Kenta showed up on AEW Dynamite last night attacking John Moxley following the main event. Uh, he had his hoodie on. He had his mask on. Mask off. It was Kenta. John Moxley had showed up on New Japan Strong the week prior this past Friday. And so people were like, Oh man, Mox is showing up on us new Japan territory. What's going on here. Kenta then shows up on dynamite. Kenta's wrestling next week on dynamite teaming with his uh, good pal, Kenny Omega uh, against John Moxley and Lance Archer, Joseph AEW and new Japan working together. Pretty awesome moment, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I was thinking about this a lot. We have become, uh, especially, I think in the early days of the, of the Twitter and the wrestling, we have become used to this idea that like if a wrestler is teasing something too explicitly, it's not going to happen. And on the other hand, if they're dead silent about it, you can bet your house they're going to be there. <laughs> Kenner has done an amazing job of like, he teased this thing so emphatically and boldly that by the time he did it, he told us what he was going to do it basically on social and no one believed him, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. Um, there are three pieces to this, and we can go for each and every one of them because I think, I mean, we do have time. Let's be honest, we have nothing else to talk about other than the Rumble. <laughs> so I think for me as a fan, the first thing is like the, the personal sort of uh, triumph for Kenta, right? Who, I mean, it's not it's not um, hyperbolic to say when he left WWE, his whole career was like in flux. It was a weird time there. He ended up being just a guy on 205 Live. The talent on Trophy Blood didn't see him as just a guy, but that was what he was, you know. Um, he goes back to New Japan, there's questions about Eric can adjust. I think the results to that have been like mixed leaning good. I think Ken has done a good job. He's obviously not what he was. That's that's life, that's the way it is. But to see now him in a position where he's like a pivotal player in a major deal in 2021, like the the one of the biggest news stories in Paris in 2021. It's really awesome for that guy. So that's the first thing, um, which I don't think there's a whole lot to add to, right? It is what it is. That's awesome. Then you go into the two actual pieces of the, of the story here. You have the fact that as you see, Kenna, you, it quickly dawns on you. This is not just New Japan, Kenna. This is Bullet Club. So that, that isolated story is enhanced by this. That's the second. And then finally, of course, as you referenced there, the big picture Jeremy Lambert, that we could have an Eddie Kingston Minoru Suzuki match coming down the line. That's the, I mean, all of it, you put all of this together and you end up knocking the Royal Rumble off of the leading headline talk for this show. So it was an extraordinary moment and I'm very, very excited about what it represents. Very excited. Uh, on Kenta, first off, yeah, he teased the hell out of this. He was um, harassing Renee Young on on Twitter, just tagging her on stuff. You know, like, why is your husband a coward and whatnot? Um, and he like he said he's going to be in Jacksonville, but he he's teased that a lot throughout like yeah. the last month or so. So no one like knew when it was going to happen or if it was going to happen because we we didn't know if it was going to happen. So to to see him show up was big. He he really is a major player, and I think he was going to be. A major player in 2020 i mean dude he closed wrestle kingdom attacking naito mm-hmm. like he it seemed like he was going to be positioned as a big time player 
in 2020. Pandemic stuff happened. He got caught in the U.S. That's why he ended up winning uh, New Japan Cup USA and got the briefcase and had to defend it 15 times before he finally gets his uh, title shot here. Um, and now he's, again, positioned very, very strongly as the first contracted AEW, or New Japan talent to wrestle on an AEW show, to show up on an AEW show, and then he's wrestling next week. So looks like Kent is going to have a big year, and good on him, because you're right, WWE run... Whatever it was is what mm-hmm. it was. You can blame it on injuries. You can blame it on, all right, they lost faith in him. You can blame it on lack of motivation. Whatever it was, it was. He's clearly motivated now. He's been healthy. He's been able to do like a G1 schedule and everything. And and like you said, like the talent that they, uh, in WWE, like when Kenta left, he got like everyone was just like, this sucks. Like this is horrible. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's still very beloved. And I think he has a chip on his shoulder from everything that happened in the WWE run. Uh, as far... Go ahead. I, no, I, I just wanted to... It's important that, um, even though I know I said earlier, Jeremy, this is my bad, I said there's not a whole lot to add, but like <laughs> you you double down there on the point about what the talent thinks of him, right? Yeah. And I, I do think um, we all like different stuff. Right? We have our blind spots. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm the most educated, like Kenta guy. I'll, you know, t- let me tell you his match catalog. But I do think there's something to be said for like it feels like people have kind of lost sight of how like, influential he was. Like most of the guys that wrestled on 205 Live when he was there legitimately have almost certainly stole stuff from him at some point in their career. <laughs> like he's not just, you know, a guy, he's an, he's an industry titan and a legend. Like he's, he's a big deal, but carry on Jeremy. Go ahead. Um, your, your second point. What was your second point, Joseph? I've lost the, the bullet club all. angle itself. Yes. The fact that, you know, he's a piece of that. Okay. So I'm sure you saw the exclusive video. Uh, where Omega confronts him. He's like, oh, I didn't know Brother Switchblade was sending was sending a gift over. And he tries to, he tries to two-sweet him and everything. And Kent is like, shut the fuck up. Like, we're not friends. Um, and I mean, this whole Bullet Club thing has been going on here. You see Tamatonga talk about it all the time. Tamatonga was saying, slap these dudes. I don't know how much of this is a work, how much of this is a shoot. And I think like that's kind of the brilliance of it is like, I just don't know how much there is bad blood between these two sides and how much of them is just, um, and how much of them is, you know, just working everybody. Uh, so I, I like that aspect of it and we will see, uh, what happens with, with the, with the bullet club aspect. Uh, I, what do you think, Joseph? Do you think there's a, a work and a shoot aspect here? Or to me, it's an angle they've wanted to do for a long time that was ill-suited to the to New Japan product and the New Japan crowd, who cared but didn't care to the degree that an AEW crowd would. To me, this is the chance to do the angle, that, like, you know, that, that's the one they've been looking for. The only difference now is not only have they got the AEW setting to do it, they've also got Gallows and Anderson, who, again, whether you are a big Gallows and Anderson guy or not, they are pivotal pieces to the story. They just are, because Tamar is Cole's, like, um, like successor effectively, right? That's the whole deal there. He does his finish and everything. So it's there's so many pieces to it. The idea of like which side is he on, it's it's a beautiful overarching angle for AEW to pull it off. And it would be the perfect way to kind of bridge that gap. I think all of our minds immediately go to a sort of cross-promotional pay-per-view, um, eventually with New Japan and AEW, the same way Ring of Honor have done in recent years. And you can, I mean, you can't go wrong fantasy booking that thing. You can draw names out of a hat. But for now, with what you've got, you need to, I think, try and maximize what this Bullet Club thing is. Because 
you haven't just got the new version of it. You've got the core, in many ways anyway. With Gallows and Anderson, you kind of represent some of the core pieces. So, And then Tamas on the other side. I think mean, it's something, man. I mean, if you can get Jay White to show up, like, you, you, I know this stuff's very niche. I get it. But that's what AEW is. It's a show for dogs like us. We love it. We're having fun. <laughs> I, I mean, if you can do some type of bullet club showdown at, at mm-hmm. a pay-per-view, like it's gonna, it's gonna hit. And I do think like Gallows and Anderson almost got to like switch sides on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're teasing the stuff with them and the young bucks anyway. So we'll see if, if they go that far, but yeah, if you can get a Jay white, Kenny Omega match out of all of this, like that would be, that would be huge for, for both mm-hmm. companies. Uh, and we'll talk about New Japan's U.S. deal here in a second. There's not a whole lot to talk about with that. But uh, if they can, if they can get Jay White over here uh, and then Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and those are like the big names, like Evil, I ain't got much interest in seeing him. Mm-hmm. Fale, what do you think? Fale against Nick Jackson? That'd be good, right? Hey, man, that'd be, that'd be fun on Dark. AEW <laughs> Dark main event. I don't know. I mean, my mind immediately goes to like... I know it's it's become like a meme now, the blood and guts match they booked a year ago and it's just never arrived. Yeah. But like dude, imagine blood and guts with just like bullet club um civil war. You know, it'd be it'd be something else. I think because again, it's we've spoken about this on the show before, but it's like it isn't just a thing that American fans know about. And even when they don't really know, there's like a mystique to it. Like kind of want to know, you know. It's also like the roots of the promotion. It's all elite wrestling. The elite is just literally yes. the, the the brother of Bullet Club, you know. So <laughs> It's it's perfect. It make it makes logical sense. And of course, as you said, the the dynamic of like Gallows and Anderson, I think the way they've handled that AEW has been perfect because we don't know if Gallows and Anderson are naive to Don's like nonsense because Don doesn't care about anyone but Omega, right? That's clear. But we don't know if Gallows and Anderson are naive to that because they just want to hang with their pals or they're getting ready to betray the Bucks. It's all in flux in motion. And then obviously now you've got the New Japan element over. It's like. There's a whole lot of ways to go. It's going to be difficult to piece together, but you've got the the pieces in play, which is what matters most. Yeah, assuming they can work something out. I don't know how deep this relationship is right now, and it doesn't seem like anyone really knows. I know Meltzer kind of like speculated on some stuff, but like there still is a pandemic. Um, There still is a pandemic going on. And so, you know, it's tough to get people in and out. There's... Japan like takes that serious, unlike the US. So they will actually quarantine for 14 days and whatnot. And it's going to be tough for New Japan to like want people off their shows for 14 days and everything. So it depends on how like it works out. And then once the pandemic is over, how much further is this going to mm-hmm. stretch? You know, because it seems like it was the thing of, all right, we got to do this Moxley Kenta match. We've been holding this thing off for months now. Like, when are we like, almost half a year, like when are we maybe even over when are we going to actually do this? And it seems like that was really the thing that brought it together. Like after they do this, how much more to it is this relationship? I think that's kind of my biggest question. I just, so the, the kind of elephant in the room here, and I know everyone's going to laugh, but ring of honor is the elephant in the room because like the way that new Japan will see ring of honor is yes, they are not like a super appealing or popular partner for them right now, but like, their relationship has generally been good outside of the MSG fiasco, right? They're not going to just, you know, if they do the things that maybe as fans we want them to do, I don't know how that bodes for the Ring of Honor deal. Maybe they don't care. I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't care. But that is a factor. 
it seems super logical for these two promotions to be together, though, right? It just it seems yes. so. The, the exposure the New Japan guys can get, and then, you know, my mind starts racing here, Jeremy. Do you, I mean, the talent development system that AEW can get from sending guys to New Japan and vice versa. You know, being able to send um, Top Flight to do a World Tag League or something, or to do, a, you know, Best of Super Juniors, maybe. And then you get into the kind of, that's just the, the minimal stuff. You get into, like, big picture. It doesn't have to be this big expanse if every week there's a cross-promotional match. Just sending one or two guys for the G1 is, is awesome as a fan. It's awesome. Like, I'm all for that. And the big, perhaps the biggest piece of this all, this isn't just two promotions in different places working together. Even If New Japan can use Omega, they get a new top guy again. They get him back. And they need, they look, New Japan is a, you know, a historic, prestigious promotion, but they'd be very happy to have Omega back as like a main event player once every few months, right? They just would. I mean, the Ibushi thing writes itself. It's big business. It makes a lot of sense. So it's exciting, man. The difficulty with doing stuff like this is it's very hard for us not to like dive into the details of like, well, who wins here and who benefits. But if you can, as a fan, just enjoy this because it is really refreshing. You know, when you see how things are going right now, the fluidity to it, it, it feels good, man. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. Got a couple of super chats. Uh, Tim Trevor says, hi, Joe and Jeremy. Hi, the rest of people. Tim, hope you're doing well, buddy. Yes, Tim. Appreciate- Hello, Tim. Appreciate the kind comments on my move. Uh, hopefully that goes well. Uh, George Amin says, imagine if AJ and Balor were free agents. Yeah, mm-hmm. AJ's not going anywhere. I don't think Balor's going anywhere either. It would like, it would be good business if they were free agents, but they aren't. And so they have who they have. And it's still like really good who they have. Like yeah. outside of AJ and Balor, we've got everyone, right? Like everyone yeah, that I mean, really need. The thing is, is like, Different fans will think different things with Bullet Club. Like some fans will always go to to Bala or Devitt because that was the original, right? I would go to AJ, but it does seem like the majority of people go to Omega when they think Bullet Club. So, like, I don't think they're missing. I don't think they're short on guys. Basically, is what I'm saying. Like, right? There is a truth to like while it isn't lacking talent, people do kind of look at the current Bullet, the actual Bullet Club in New Japan, as a little bit like. It feels a little piece together, right? With evil, Kenta, and they're like, everyone loves Jay White, but it isn't, it doesn't feel as organic. So I think that's another win for New Japan. You think, I mean, we all knew they were going to book Gallows and Anderson anyway, right? But if they can like rejuvenate Bullet Club, because it's now become very much like placeholder foreign villain guys. Well, not even foreign in this case, but there you go. <laughs> um, if you can add, you know, some familiar faces to that, that doesn't hurt either. It's just good for all involved. It makes so much sense. It's dumb it took this long, to be honest. So do you think it goes past like kind of this bullet club stuff? I mean, you mentioned Suzuki against Kingston. Like, do you think there is more to it than just, Hey, here's Kenta. Maybe some other bullet club guys will appear. Obviously we know AEW talent can go to new Japan. Certainly uh, some AEW talent can go to new Japan. Like, do you think we're going to see more new Japan talent uh, come to AEW now? Yeah, I do. I just think it's too good a fit. I also think it helps both both promotions when it comes to like bidding wars, because while it's cool to be able to say to a John Moxley, "You can work Japan, go and sort that deal out for yourself," you can work it, dude. If you can start negotiating with talent together, and and I mean, it's a pretty lucrative deal you're looking at. That if you want to be a full, as close to full time as you can be in both, you know, because the truth is at this point in AEW's progression, dude, they can easily write guys off of TV for a month if they need to do a long tour in Japan. They have eighty guys. They're yeah. fine. They, they can fill their TV time easily. So I think you're going to see baby steps. I think when things get back to normal, which, you know, whenever, 
I think you're going to see guys in tours. I think you're going to see like a logical one to me is tag teams in World Tag League. Oh, that yeah. just seems like that that tournament in terms of Westernize is always like a downswing for New Japan. Throw in like um, give me a good, give me a team who's never worked like Santana and Ortiz for example. They're not even doing really much with it. Just it gives something to it, right? Me as a fan, I'll be more interested in watching it. So it's yeah, I think it makes um, it makes too much sense to be just like a one off thing to me. Anyway, there you go. Man, Antonio says inject Omega versus Shingo into my veins. I mean, that would that would roll. Shingo, Shingo in anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shingo's the guy that you'd be like if you were Tony Khan, he'd be the guy you'd say, "Can you give me like a few months of just like TV dates for Shingo? Like you can just slot him in on Dynamite and do like ten minute openers. He's he's spectacular. Right? He's amazing. Yeah, uh, like that would be great. I think we're gonna see more of it as it opens up as well. I like I'm. I'm very weary of things right now because of the pandemic. I don't know how many guys are going to be coming and going because you, you just don't want too many people on, on flights and everything. But yeah, if you can get a couple guys for some shows and this will probably be more of a new Japan thing. Cause like you said, they've got a bunch of guys, they're doing tours as long as they're not going to lose like main guys will probably be okay. And the same thing with AEW. I think it'd be great whenever they do. Um, I mean, they have New Japan Cup coming up. Mm-hmm. I know Cole Cabano was supposed to work that last year. Maybe someone gets sent over for for New Japan Cup on that. Like they can afford to lose a couple of guys off the TV show uh, for for that month, two months. And yeah, World Tag League, Best of Super Juniors, any of that stuff. Anybody you feel like you can afford to lose for that, send them over there and, and just let them have that run uh, for a couple of months. There is, there's one element to this that may seem slightly sinister, so I will approach it with caution. However, this network that's being built here almost of like internal relationships, right, which is what's happening. I mean, we spoke about it before. As soon as Gallows and Anderson signed with Impact, they effectively had like a weird agreement with, with um, New Japan, which I don't think New Japan was happy about, but that's life. That's what it is. <laughs> and it's obviously advanced because like Rocky, I guess, has, has brought in like Chris Bay and stuff. So, this this kind of branching network, it does make me wonder how much longer a guy like Tony Khan wants to pay 80 full-time contracted wrestlers. Because if you're getting to a point where you can borrow and share talent for your television show that is better talent, I I just, I wonder long, I know Tony Khan has prided himself on the fact they haven't cut anyone, but I do wonder the implication, because let's be honest, they haven't got enough time for the guys they have now, right? They yeah. haven't. It does intrigue me that. I mean, if you get to a point where it's like, we're in such good terms of impact now that we're using Deanna Praza on TV. We're using um, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles on TV. It's like, at what point then does he look at those books and be like, okay, maybe we don't need, I'm going to name anyone, maybe we don't need this person in the middle of the women's division. That part of it is the only downside I can personally see to a major kind of industry-wide agreement like this is perhaps the promoters can start kind of leaning on the share in more than full-time contracts. That's just one little fall that passed one month. That's a good point because, like you said, they don't have enough time for even the people that they have right now. Like, they're cycling guys in and off TV right now. Like, remember somebody like Scorpio Sky? Like, the first few months of television, this guy was supposed to be, like, the big thing, the big breakout star and whatnot. And, like, he's not even on TV. Like, I don't know what Scorpio Sky's doing. He he did the thing with Sean Spears for a little bit, and then that kind of – I think they had a blow-off match. But, like, it just – it didn't feel big or it didn't feel like anything – uh, like they have so much talent. And now if you're going to bring in new Japan guys, if you're going to bring in impact guys and girls, like it's going to be, that's even less time for the talent 
you already have. So it would be tough. Will they start cutting people? I don't know. I think if they do anything, they'll just make dark like a five hour show. Like that, that's probably, <laughs> yeah, it's close enough as it is. I mean, so I guess they're, they're adding a second show at some point in the yeah, next Yeah, it's just years. an hour long. Yeah. So it is intriguing in the sense that like, it's clear that one of their ways of solving it has been grouping everyone together, right? Like that's, it's a smart idea. If you put people in groups, they get TV time without having to wrestle matches and stuff. But I do wonder if eventually it probably won't be cuts, but it will, I assume there'll be some guys that when their first contracts come up, you know, it'll be they'll just go their separate ways. Because again, I do not need to name anyone. I'd imagine you could put the names together in your head. There have been some guys that have been there since the start that like they probably don't need to be there. That's the way wrestling works, that's the way any sport entertainment works. Um so we'll we'll see how that goes. But as a fan, doesn't have to worry about such things. It's pretty glorious to end a TV show with that genuine feel of, you know, we go through all of the was this a good match, was it a good promo, a good angle, a good direction, all this nonsense. The biggest strength Dynamite has right now is you actually feel like anything can happen. And that is the biggest cliche in wrestling. Anything can happen. It actually feels that way, Jeremy. Like when, when Moxley got jumped, you could have convinced me in that second anyone was under that hood because I'd forgotten all about the Kenta. I was just in the moment. <laughs> oh, you know? I knew. I knew it was Kenta right away. Right. Yeah. That's fair. I, I was watching I, it at 7 a.m., so I was a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get you. It's just, but you know what I mean, though, right? The feel of it is like. Anyone can show up, dude. I don't know. Right. Unless they're under contract at WWE, they could be here tonight. I have no clue. It's pretty fun. Uh, JJ says, Daniels and Tanahashi is all he wants. JJ, you look for the distraction pop right there with uh, our, our good friend, Christopher Daniels, who says we're yes. big stars and one of our favorites of all time, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Look, man, if Hiroshi Tanahashi is coming here and working dynamite main events, like, sure. <laughs> and complaining so, about that. Well, I saw, I wish I could remember who did it because I'll credit them, but there was someone who posted a screenshot of a Tanahashi press conference when Hangman was doing Japan, like he was doing New Japan tours. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Hangman, I, I, you know, I need to keep him because he's way too good for that Bullet Club stuff. Dude, imagine Tanahashi <laughs> is the guy that Hangman finally accepts as his new friend. <laughs> imagine imagine the content I could get from this on social and the grins I can I can draw. It'd just be, it's extraordinary. Tanahashi is like, the more big shows he works at this point in his career, the better. So yeah, for him on an AEW pay-per-view, a Dynamite, whatever. I'm all in on all this stuff. It sounds great. I mean, we love the uh, Omega and Hangman tag run. I thought that was really good, what they did, um, I guess, last year now, 2020. My years are really bad. I can imagine that, but it's Tanahashi instead of Omega. I mean, that's a 100 times upgrade. All offense yeah, to Kenny Omega. Hiroshi Tanahashi's 100 times better than him. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to get in trouble, so I'll say no comment. Um, speaking of such, though, in fear of transition here, what do you think about... You know, oh, my goodness, they're fired the dogs up. are going crazy. They did not like my Kenny Omega comment. They were they like, how dare you? How so, dare you put down Kenny Omega like that? People that watch this show will know I've been predicting the, the Revolution match to be the Bucks and Good Brothers for a long time, Right. When I was watching the match, it wasn't surprising to me that MJF and Jericho won. Where are you at on that whole thing? Is that like a is that a a weak point of Dynamite, which show I think is very good right now, or is it a strength? I'm genuinely intrigued. Where are you at on the inner circle shenanigans? I like MJF. I mean, you know, I like proud and powerful. Mm-hmm. I've even like I've been a fan of Guevara. I I'm very high on Wardlow. Hager, I have no use for. Jericho right now is just kind of the miss for me. Like his stuff just is not hitting for me 
right now. And like to see him, I, I get, I get why they did this match. I was kind of thinking they were going to do bucks and good brothers as well. But once I think Matt got tossed first, whichever one got tossed first last night, like once they went out that early, I was like, Oh no, they're definitely not winning this match. Um, and then once it got down to like the final six or whatever, I was like, oh, okay, it's, it's Jericho and MJF. This just heel versus face divide. It makes the most sense to do that. The thing is, like, I know they'll they'll do the feud because they've got still months of television. Well, I guess not. They they've got another month because it's March seventh now. So they, but they're doing like the Bullet Club feud on one side, the Inner Circle feud on the other side, and then they're going to do a Bullet Club Inner Circle feud together heading into Revolution. And I'm fine with these layers and strings and stuff, but the Inner Circle stuff, it's Jericho stuff that just isn't really hitting for me right now. It's, it's puzzling because I watch the individual segments and I think they're quite good. Like I, I quite like the kind of um, unspoken element that like MJF is sort of manipulating things, right? Like yeah. he kind of catch, you know, he gets a chance to connect with guys and he does it. So I would never, I wouldn't say it's objectively bad. I know you didn't. I'm saying I'm like spitting myself. I wouldn't say that, but I just don't, it feels like the powers that be, so to speak, um, sees it as like a huge deal. And I, I haven't got the statistics. I know Tony's got his hundred spreadsheets, but it feels like the audience doesn't to me. It, it feels like they, they're still seeing Jericho in a way that I don't know if the audience still does. I speak, look, I say this much. Okay. Um, you know, the whole lion salt deal, like in fairness to Jericho, he hits that fine 99% of the time every week, right? Like he just does. I do think he got tripped up by Sammy because Sammy like yes. put his leg down. Right. And, Every once in a while, like you can go back to like I think he did it with Apollo, he did it with Hennig famously. He will like just mess it up. It's just yeah. it's just it just happens. Like he hits it every week fine. So physically, for whatever he looks like, he's still like he's okay, he's fine. He's not, you know, in some sort of terrible, um, terrible state. The character is the concern I think for you and I of like, yeah, has this hit the wall now? Does it is it is he actually overdue the evolution that I can't, we kind of expected a long time ago? It's been a long time and we, we never got a break because he kept coming to TV, which you know, God bless him. But it does, it does feel like, um, it does feel to me anyway like they're kind of running on the spot. There's no, there's no actual, there's nothing that keeps me coming back. And the the one element I wanted was Santana and Ortiz, which just feels completely stalled. Every time they tease, they're going somewhere with it. They go nowhere. You know, I, I thought maybe the lumberjack was a way to get them with Eddie or something. It's something interesting. Um, at this point, I don't even want them with Eddie. I want them to be on their own. So I have no clue. That's frustrating me a little bit. I must say. I'm super uncomfortable, by the way. My you legs are my legs are not built for this floor sitting life. Um, I think so. Here, here's my thing with Jericho: is I do think there has to be some type of next evolution. We've always praised Jericho for his character work and evolving, and it's true. Like he, he's done yeah. great at that throughout his career. The issue with him in AEW is like he stood out in WWE because they just didn't have too many like layered characters like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, certainly they did in the early two thousands and whatnot, but as things went on, it didn't happen quite as much uh, with an AEW. That character just doesn't stand out like, mm. uh, like before, because they have so many good people who do great character work. Like what Eddie Kingston compared to Chris Jericho, even, even in his own group. Like I think Sammy Guevara and MJF are doing a better job than right. him with everything. Like he just doesn't stand out the way he used to 
in WWE when uh, he could evolve and keep doing this uh, brilliant character work. I kind of wonder if it's a case of like, one of the things people like about AEW is it, it's this feeling that even guys you've seen elsewhere, they now have a fresh coat of paint on them, right? Like even They love that term in WWE, fresh coat of paint. There you go. So, but even like Moxley, who was a certified top guy in WWE, it it always feels like in AW he's being the main event star he wanted to be. I almost wonder if Jericho is like a victim of his prior success in the sense that like we do feel like we've seen it all at this point. And one of the beautiful things about AW is no one else feels that way. You know, like you mentioned Sammy and MJF, and it's like you could be educated on MJF for a few years now. I know he's been a thing for that long, but like he still feels like a guy who's painting the picture in front of you, right? His legacy is ahead of him. You know, Eddie Kingston, you mentioned, he's been wrestling for 20 years, but let's be honest, in, in terms of history, he's probably going to be most remembered for this run that he's having right now. Yeah. This is just Jericho's bonus tracks, man. Like, it is what it is. He's having fun with it. I get it. But, like, it kind of feels like it's very unlikely we've got, like, Chris's character peak ahead of us, doesn't it? Like, whatever he evolves into, let's be honest, it's probably not going to be the thing we remember him for in 20 years. So... I think that's a factor. I do agree with you, though, that it's perhaps... I think AEW has done a better job than people expected in terms of building other guys up to the point where Jericho now feels like just a part, a set, like one of the guys in the pack rather than, you know, the guy, which seemed like a distance away only a year or so ago. So it's a credit to them, but I, I think they may need to adjust a little bit in how they handle Chris personally. There you go. Jericho's next kind of evolve evolution as a character is just going to be a guy who and i mean maybe this is kind of already his character it's just a rock star who's just hanging around still and it's like wait dude this stuff has passed you by but like he's still got his friends and stuff and his friends just haven't told him that they're kicking him out of the group and and maybe maybe that's what's coming uh something in chat harrison riddler says uh inner circle turning on jericho revolution like maybe that's where this is going is that inner circle sammy and mjf are like actually pals and they're like get this old dude out of here it's time for the like fresh blood or whatever and jericho just becomes i don't know what he becomes babyface who the the rock star babyface who goes off into a solo career and tries to i think tries to do that he's I think on soundcloud now i think there's something to be said for um sammy uh, like mjf gets everyone to betray chris which is which is very much on point with what they're building right now. So that was a good point. Who made it in the chat? That's what they're doing. So I, I like that a lot. Well, I would probably. I know they don't need any more tag teams, but I think it would be smart to keep Sammy paired with Chris, and it makes Sammy a babyface because of how, he's, how loyal he is to Jericho. You know, that, I think that'd yeah. be a nice character thing. Because the thing about Sammy is the character is effectively he's just a dick. There's not like any sort of evil. There was a little bit when he tried to kill Matt Hardy once or twice, but generally he's just a dick. So if you show that he's loyal to his sort of on-screen father, Chris Jericho, I think there's something to that. Um, but I will say, we spoke about this for long enough, so quickly before we move on to the, the Royal Rumble, Britt Baker and Thunder Rose was pretty damn good, right? Strong, oh, strong match. Yeah, very good. I'm glad they got time. Britt's, Britt's improved so much Crazy. over the last year. Yeah. Like she's, she's exceptional. And Thunder Rose's always been good. She's just been in an NWA power studio. And so not everyone has seen it. She's, but she's certainly been highlighted in AEW. 
I'm looking forward to that women's tournament. Like they, I don't, I'm not going to be like, I know who every single woman on the Japanese side is. I don't, but just some of the tweets I saw from some of them were, were fun. Uh, And I think it's going to be, it's going to be good. So I'm looking forward to that tournament and you know, they're doing half of it in Japan and half of it in the U S and it's going to open it up to, to more audiences. And this is another thing of, you know, AEW is working with anybody. They're they're working mm-hmm. with the the Japanese uh, the Joshi promotions over there. So it's it's good. It's one thing I will say is you know when they did the US side of the bracket, credit to them in the sense that like it now does feel like they have a group that I yeah. know a lot about each of them, right? Because there were women they left out of that bracket, that side of the bracket that I'm I've seen on Dynamite. So it's actually kind of done a full one eighty for me now, where I think they actually have like relative depth. I actually know like a solid amount of the women well enough. They now need to really polish the top tier and make the title scene seem like it's the, equi- the equal to the men's title scene. Now, in fairness, I'm not here to do comparisons and stuff, okay? I'm not saying the other side does that or doesn't do that. What I'm saying is this is what AEW should strive to do. Britt, Thunder Rosa, Sheeta, these, these top women, Serena Deeb in ring two. You need to strive to get them to a point where they can main event any TV. That's what you need to get. Depth-wise, I actually think they're kind of fine. They just need to get that, that top tier ready. You know, it's interesting. Before we move on to the Royal Rumble, Drew Nicholas sends a chat. Uh, Super Chat says, New Japan on the Roku channel is super intriguing to someone like me who's been wanting to get in New Japan for the longest time. Super hyped. Joseph, do you have any thoughts on uh, New Japan on the Roku? I'm completely uneducated on the platform. I mean, I've, I've informed that it's also the way for me. It's going to be here on the Roku. I don't even know what the Roku is. God bless the Roku. It sounds fun, <laughs> but I don't know what it is. Um, but it's cool because... The thing is, is a lot of fans are very, very, like, um, trained mentally to see wrestling as, like, a weekly show. It's yeah. a weekly block. And when you try to put into New Japan, that is a huge stumbling block. Like, okay, so when are the in-ring promos and wedding segments? And it's like, well, it's difficult. Road <laughs> to. No, but a weekly show allows me to do it. So I hope someone like Drew can just slot that time in and learn the cast of characters and then eventually fall in love with the product. I mean, I'm not as in on New Japan as I used to be. Um, I will say that Shingo and Tanahashi was like, I mean, you know, it was yeah. magic, right? Yeah. <laughs> of course it was great, but it's cool. It's cool. And any kind of exposure for that brand is neat. It's fun. Uh, I think they did themselves a disservice by like even trying to hype this as something. Uh, it feels like something that, all right, if you've struck the deal, just like announce it when yeah. you have it struck. Don't just be like 10 a.m. This is when we're announcing it. And then like get people like the anticipation and then be like, we're on Roku because I be- like, I'm pretty sure you have to have a Roku player to actually get the channel. And like, I have one. Uh, I, I've never watched the Roku channel. I don't know what's on that channel. I didn't even know there was like an on-demand service on the Roku. I don't even think New Japan World is available on the Roku. It's available on the Amazon fire stick. Maybe yes. they should have gone over to Amazon prime, but I know, I know it's available there. Um, it, it, you know, I don't think it hurts. It's not a thing that hurts them, you know, but yeah. it's, it's also not a thing that I don't think it's going to get them to like too many new eyeballs or anything like that. Cause I just don't know how many people have the Roku channel and watch the Roku channel and are going to watch, uh, Thursdays at five o'clock, the, this right. New Japan highlight show. It's that old, I mean, in fear of dating myself here, it's that old Ring of Honor debate of like, we need television, we need television. And it's like 10 years of television. And like, well, you know, at some point, your audience 
it's in America, their audience probably just is what it is. It probably is, unfortunately, for better or worse. That's fine. You have to just cater to that audience, you know, unless you're getting a sort of massive TV deal. I don't think it's going to change because you're on the Roku channel, right? It's like, it's, it just is what it is. But it's still, hopefully, makes them some money. God bless. People in the chat are clarifying that you don't actually need a Roku to, yeah. uh, Type that, Jeremy. Sorry, I again, I don't know. I didn't know anything about the Roku channel, despite having a little Roku, little little player thing. But uh, I don't thing. watch here's, it. If one more person in the world can see Hiroshi Tanahashi's beautiful eyes, I'm fine <laughs> with the Roku channel. Whatever it takes. Um, I, look, hopefully it worked out. And like you said, like if it if it draws just a couple new eyeballs, then and they said that sign up for New Japan World. Cool, good on them. Yeah. That's it. There's, there's no need to complicate it more than that, right? It is right. WWE Royal Rumble. Joseph, we did a five-hour preview show. We actually spent 20 minutes at least talking about Edge, and then you messaged me and said, why would we spend 20 minutes talking about Edge? He's not going to win ever. That was a legit <laughs> message that you sent me. It's like that was, that was a waste of time. Edge is never going to win. And then Edge won, Joseph. <laughs> I was at like four in the morning. I was shopping for my betting slips. Like, huh? Edge? Why Edge? I don't know. No, we, we spoke about this a little bit on the, on the Twitch. Um, you can join us on the Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. There you go. 3 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesdays, folks. And we were talking about a little bit. And here's my actual take. So first things first, full disclosure. I'm not like a huge oh my God, it's Edge guy. I'm just not, okay? That's life is what it is. You'll like some people I don't and vice versa. However, Jeremy and I concluded, uh, being the objective smart gentleman that we are, that as people that were pro Daniel Bryan as a WrestleMania opponent for Reigns because he's a big match, can have a great match with Reigns and doesn't need to win, it would be a little bit silly for me to come on here and say, Edge, who needs him? He ticks all the same boxes. It's, it's absolutely fine. There's a great story to tell. I have one key... I'm asking for, can we have Roman win this match, please? I get it. I understand. <laughs> Roman needs to win and Edge needs to be drove, like driven to insanity by that result and turn heel. That's that's my take. I don't think this is time for Edge to beat Roman. That's just me. But the match, cool, man. I'm happy for Edge. It's fun. I, I don't have an issue with Edge because he is working full time. I mean, he was planning on working full time before the injury and he was at Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply television every week it's not like it was like a long run or anything but he was there just about every every week so it's not like a part-timer coming back and then just doing it. like the dude went an hour in the rumble the same goldberg getting blown up two minutes uh walking down the ramp uh like he was there he worked his ass off in the rumble and then worked the next night against uh orton so 
I don't have an issue with Edge winning despite his age because at least he feels fresh, even if maybe he's not, and they could have used this to position someone a little bit better. Uh, and there, there are plenty of stories to tell as well. I like what they're doing of show up on Raw, show up on NXT, show up on SmackDown. Like, let it drag a little bit. And he was on after the bell uh, today talking about his, his potential choices. And he gave the story of, like, this is why it works for all three of these guys. And so I could pick any of them, and we're going to make this work. Edge, like, when we were doing this show last year, and I told you I listened to, like, all these Edge interviews before the Mania match, and I was like, oh, they're going to they're gonna kill this. They're going to make this work. I have so much faith in Edge, all these things he's saying. And now, like, I, I'm almost second-guessing when he does these interviews. Like, all right, I understand there's a story with Drew. I'm not trusting you again, Adam Copeland, after you, <laughs> you sold me a bill of goods last WrestleMania, and then you gave me that walk-and-brawl match against uh, Randy Orton. Um, but th- there's a story for all of this, I think, Whoever he chooses, it seems like based on reports, spoilers, everybody, like mute your mic for a second or mute the audio for a second. It seems like it's going to be Roman Reigns. If that's the case, I'm with you. Just have Roman win. Like, do not do this whole thing and then have Edge be the guy to take the belt from Roman because Edge doesn't need that rub. Like, whoever beats Roman, it should be a guy where, like, this dude is now 100% made. Yo, I agree. I I do see, like, I could see them doing the deal where Edge wins it and then drops it back. And it wouldn't make me, like, angry. I'm not, you know, I'm too old to be getting angry about any of this stuff. But it would, to me, lessen the eventual hit of when Roman actually loses it properly, you know? So yeah. I'm with you 100%. I, I, we have a lot of fun with the Edge interview stuff on here. I like when he talks like a thespian and such. It's very funny. But in all seriousness, he's a very smart guy. And he does a wonderful job of coming up with cool narratives and plot points for his programs. Like his promos, he's not a guy, this is not an insult, I promise. Some guys are great promos in that you can have them talk about anything and they're just great promos. Edge is kind of that, but what actually makes Edge a great promo is he thinks about what he's going to say. You can tell he really sits down and he's going, what's the interesting contrast between our two characters? What's the conflict here? And that's a beautiful thing. It makes the product better. So I have no issue with it. I do think the match itself at the Rumble was pretty, you know, it was sort of, yeah, middle of the road for a Rumble match. Um, but that was, uh, the blow of that was less than the fact the women's Rumble off it was, was very fun. So, yeah. which obviously we'll talk about in a second. So, I mean, the Rumble overall was a success for them, I would say. You know, I get it's caused some controversy because of age and all this stuff, but I think overall it was a good enough show. It was fun. With Edge, what did you think of his, I mean, let, let's address the, the Andre Drummond size elephant in the room here. What did you think of Drew McIntyre? I, I, I'm done with it. I have no, I have no <laughs> clue. I have no clue. Anyone still finds it interesting. I don't get it. Like he's, it's not that I have to stress. It's not that he's bad. There are a few roles in wrestling harder than being top guy for WWE. When you're sent out there to do 10 minute monologues and have long matches all the time is difficult. He does it all well enough. I'm not, I'm not the guy. There's just no flair to any of it. It's just, you got a like, sword, Joseph. I know, but that's the thing. It all feels so like it doesn't feel authentic to me. I don't know. Maybe this is an anti-Scottish bias coming out on the podcast. I don't know. Dude. It's, it, people seem to love him, so godless. But to me, I thought that promo segment was like just a. Like, I have no clue why someone said that was a good idea, unless he's turning here on wrist and edge. I have no idea. 
the the edge promo where he like effectively just said everything you've said about Drew McIntyre on this show. I mean, I'm I'm sure Edge is a is a watcher and listener of this show, so he probably just saw this. He saw what you said. And he's like, "It's good stuff. Let me let me craft this into WWE style, and let me go out there and just say this." I thought that was like I thought it was a great promo by Edge. True backstage on the verge of tears. Who thought this was a good idea? It's bad. It's bad. Who thought this is a good idea? He's not got the range for that. No. This is where I don't get why they like have to do everything live. Couldn't they just take that five in the evening and be like, oh, that's bad. Let's not do that. <laughs> just have him be aggressive. You know, old school studio style. Look down the camera, get fired up. Don't be crying at me, Drew. I don't need you crying. I don't know. Did you not find the shameless? To me, the shameless thing felt like it was like the on-screen um, example of Someone has just said they're working mania against Drew. Sheamus now has to do his program right now. Like it was so sudden and abrupt, which is what they'll have a good match. I think Sheamus is just like he's so good at WWE TV. Yeah, he he hits every segment they give him. He nails it. His matches are always good. He's a master of that. Anyone who's in NXT right now that's inexplicably listens to the Distraction Podcast and wants to be a Everybody. WWF main roster superstar should be talking to the Sheamus because he's brilliant at it. So I'm happy. I'm excited for their match. He just feels to me, and he's not alone in this regard. A lot of guys feel victim to it. He feels like a really good Intercontinental Champion that is inexplicably presented to me as the, the WWF Champion. I don't get it. It's not, you know, it's just it's just not my deal anymore. Especially now, it seems like it's hit the wall dramatically at this point. So there's me. I thought they telegraphed the Sheamus thing too because they did the tight shot on Drew, and it's like, oh, Sheamus is about to kick him. Like you can just. You can tell the, the WWE production tricks when it comes to this stuff. And and that was one of them. Uh, I think the Sheamus... Put the title on Sheamus. Who cares? I'm with you, man. Like, what, is the, <laughs> what is the title match right now for, for Raw? For Mania? Yeah. Uh, right now, they don't have anything if it's not Edge. Well, like, I mean, like, you're speculating, you know? Oh, Christian? <laughs> oh, man. Edge and Christian rule the world. Um, yeah. <laughs> And I then, think, you know what? Edge is the Universal Champion. Christian is the World Champion. And then they go and they beat the, the Hurt Business. And then they beat uh, the Dirty Dogs. They, they get, they get the, the tag team titles. Twitter seems to be up for this. I'm fine. I mean, I just... It's a strange thing Raw has got going on where it's like... It seems pretty obvious that Randy and Bray... It's not even a feud. Can we even say Bray's in a feud at this point? He's not been on TV for like three years. Dude, Bray is, is just... A god. A god. Yeah. This <laughs> man amazing. ain't showing up television. Still gets everybody to talk, to talk about him every week. He's got Alexa <laughs> oozing from the mouth now. And it's just tremendous. Tremendous Dude, stuff. I'm imagining like at the Rumble, Alexa calling Bray and being like... They say if you come here, we're both winning the Rumble. Can you just come to the Rumble? He's like, nah. He's like, I got burnt alive a month ago. Just let me map this out. I'm getting there eventually. I'll see you next year. Okay? I'll be there. Um, it seems obvious to me that whatever that is, the internally they see that as the main thing of war. This is my take on it. Okay, you may think yeah. I'm wrong. That's no, what it, it seems like to me. Yeah. So it's like that's that's fine. That happens all the time in wrestling. The non-title stuff is bigger. But when it's something that's so absurd and outlandish, it really doesn't help poor Drew who's talking about respect, honor, and dignity in the open <laughs> seg. It's difficult. It's a difficult job. So I don't know where they're going. I know, obviously, Keith Lee's kind of looming now because of his recent absence, so all the best to him. But I assume he should be involved. I don't really know. Raw's kind of a mess. And let's be honest, we're about to talk about the women's match, I assume. The Raw women's title picture is no less complicated. In fact, it's a whole lot more complicated. So we'll get to that. There you go. 
Uh, do you have any thoughts on Christian's return? I like the Christian. He looked very well. Um, he, I'm happy for him. I have no idea how you use him as like a part-time singles because he's not like a mega star. Even though I love Christian, I think he's better than Edge. I'm one of those guys. I think Jeremy is too. Me too, yeah. So, but he's difficult to use as a part-timer because he's not like, you know, 15-time champ Christian, right? Like he's just, he's Christian. So that's fun. Um, the big thing to me is Edge and Christian should so be a team sooner than later. Like the Usos versus Edge and Christian is an actual dream match. Yeah. New Day versus Edge and Christian is an actual dream match. Like these are main event matches. So that's the big thing to me. I hope we get that. I'm I'm really happy for Christian whose career ended abruptly and he never got the kind of adulation he deserved. But um, as far as moving forward, it's difficult where you fit him in. You mentioned to me an AJ match at Mania, mm. which I'm for. I don't know what else AJ would be doing. It seems Brian's going to work Seth from what I can, you know, kind of put together in my head. So that's fine. Wherever you can fit him in, he's a great pro wrestler. I'm not going to argue about it, but it isn't like one of those ones where it's like, oh my, let me get on my list of blockbuster main event matches for Christian. Like, he's not that guy. He, it's not his fault. He just isn't. Music and Moonsaults says the babyface territory is woefully bad at developing babyfaces. Yeah, yeah it's, long- him <laughs> yeah, it's, it's long gone, that is now. That's, that's, I mean, that's. I think that died with like when Triple H started dressing up as Ric Flair in the mid two thousands. I mean, that was the end of the babyface. They, they should put the title. They should put the title on the Bad Bunny. Sure, he, I mean he does good Instagram numbers. I'm told that's, <laughs> that's my only argument for Bray Wyatt. I don't know why else should do it. He has good YouTube numbers. He was the most watched uh, YouTube video from the Royal Rumble. Who Bad Bunny? You mean? Yeah. Okay, I, I was very confusing about the thing Bray Wyatt's presence of the Royal Rumble. Yeah, of course. He's a big star, Jeremy. I don't know if you've seen. There's been a debate about it on social media this week. He's a big star. Um, let's go to the Women's Royal Rumble. Bianca Belair won the Women's Royal Rumble. I think everything that the Men's Royal Rumble got wrong, this got right. As far as Bianca and Rhea were the final two, that's who... I think pretty much everyone kind of picked. If they weren't picking Bianca, they were picking Rhea. If they weren't picking yeah. Rhea, they were picking Bianca. So I was very happy to see those two as the final two. Bianca winning, totally fine by me. Uh, just massive, massive star potential with her. Just don't screw it up. They're, they're both so good, man. They're, they're both like game changer, once in generation type talents. And they've got them at once here. It's it's exciting. I'm, I'm fired up for it. My I predicted Rhea to win last week. I'm pretty sure it was my like official official <laughs> on a four hour show. That was my official prediction. <laughs> um, and because the reason I said to you was I thought Bailey and, uh, Blair would go on to Mania and then Rhea could slot in against Sasha. Now that you've switched it, it would seem very logical to me that Rhea works Bailey at WrestleMania. So I think Rhea can still be factored in here in a really positive way. So that's yeah. cool. Um, I mean Banks and Blair is. It's a money program. I'm li- slightly concerned about their, like their kind of willingness to go shades of grey with the Sasha Banks character. Like I don't want it to be. Um, I like that Bianca Blair has become a fully fledged like babyface. You know, I like that she's yes. like an authentic, lovable babyface, and I don't want them to kind of muddy those waters with some weird like mixed message feud. I almost will be in on Banks just being the heel for this feud because that character can be a heel in like individual interactions so i don't know it's gonna be interesting to play that but the match itself will be great and like it's just it's awesome for, like, this, is, this is why i like wrestling personally is when you see talent getting given that faith to have that push right that fans think they have and then actually getting put in the position and then building up the credit to stay there it has become this is an industry-wide problem i'm not trying to do anything here 
it does sometimes feel like these things are so long overdue. You can even argue Belarius, but I would say like generally, it feels like they've actually hit this on point. She's going to WrestleMania. This be excited about it. It's a fresh face. Long, long overdue. In my opinion. I'm very excited for it. I think with Banks and Belair, you do this story one of two ways. The one is like you just turn Sasha heel again. I realize like she just turned face uh, yeah. a few months ago when Bailey turned on her. But, like that character still has so many heel tendencies that <laughs> makes her a little bit unlikable to where it'd be very easy to just go that full route. The other way is just go about like sort of the respect angle and then just find mm-hmm. out like who's better. Like, okay, we know Bianca is this A-plus athlete who can do anything in the ring. Sasha, I mean, she, she's the best worker they have, female talent-wise, uh, even top five men's. Uh, so if like, if you just go on that, like, all right, I'm, I'm top. I respect you. You're really great. Not your time yet. If you do kind of a thing like that, sort of still do babyface uh, there, then it could work. But I think you mentioned that you don't want to muddy it and go two shades of gray because you're a little scared of them not being able to pull that off. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it's that. So here's my deal is, I mean, we, we talk about Hiroshi Tanahashi a lot on this show. Do you remember when Hiroshi Tanahashi was the ace term? He would do that deal where like... Still is. Yeah, of course. But he would do that deal when he was the champ where it was like, if there was a guy against him that the audience really liked, he would just act like a bit of a dick that day. It was what had to be done for the sake of his role. Cena did it eventually. So he got really good at it, Cena. Bangs doesn't have to be like a menacing mustache twirling heel. The promo you just did, though, could clearly make her the heel of the program where she's like, I think you're amazing. You're extraordinary. You're the EST, all that good stuff. But like, you've got to realize there's levels here. Like, you yeah. didn't even win an NXT title. Like, you're, you're, you're next, maybe. But, and I almost would like if Banks was like, I'm younger than you. And look at what yes. I've done. Look at my resume. Because, like, <laughs> The thing is, Sasha doesn't have to be a heel to be confident. She still is that confident character. So, like, let her flex about the fact that she's got all these types. She's an all-timer. She's an absolute all-timer, a living legend, both within that company's fabric and out of it. Let her be that person. Let her be the one that kind of pulls rank, almost, dare I say. Like, on a, you know, that kind of deal. I don't have faith in them doing such a, like, serious title-based program would be my concern. <laughs> but if they can do it, that sounds awesome. I'm, I'm with that 100%. Does Sasha mention Star Wars once during this feud? Yes, absolutely. Um, I even think you may get like an action figure reference. She has an action figure. She does. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, She'll be leaving Hollywood any moment now, I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) I I don't even know how they book her for TV. I'm I'm assuming one week Bank will just win the title. Like, we'll never see her again. She's Star Wars now. She can no longer. (laughs) So, no, you know, I'm fine with that. I want. The Banks character can be, like, cocky as a baby face. I just want it to feel more, like, real and organic. Yeah. That segment she did with Reginald was not good at all. So... I don't remember it. She was the one where she was, like, kind of flirtatious, and she was, like, you know... Right. Prepared her, and it just it didn't fit her. I, I think she's someone that... Her star potential is so massive, and her current star is already so big. They would be well served to actually... One of them, I know they've only got 400 writers on board. If one of them just tried to find her tone as an on-screen character that really captures her best, because I, I still don't think they've done that, and she's like one of their biggest stars. Feels like you're leaving money on the table there to me. But, you know, what do I know? I don't want to get cancelled or attacked, so I'll just say no more. She should do her catchphrase more often. Remind everybody that she's the boss and the blueprint yeah. and the role and she model. Should, she and should laugh, standards. too. 
She still that laugh, Jeremy. She does that, that, that laugh's really good babyface shtick. Um, Sean, Sean on the SmackDown show, I guess it was this past week, he's like, Sasha Banks has like one of the best laughs in wrestling. And I was just like, mm. she's a like, heel. It would be amazing. <laughs> and, and he's like, you don't think so? I was like, Dude, when you listen to that laugh in 300 interviews a week, like it gets it gets a little old. It's just it's a great like heel stick. I used to love when Seth would do the like evil laugh, but it's just she's a baby face. I don't know. Maybe we're just old fashioned white guys. We probably are. In fact, one more time, maybe we are old fashioned white guys. We are old fashioned white guys. If for some reason the legit boss Sasha Banks is watching this show, please she ignore is. us. Please do not try to appeal to us two dipshits of all people. Okay, carry on doing what you're doing. It's going great. Uh, of course she watches this show she saw me do that her entrance and she's like this looks like a fantastic show so here's the thing go full circle here the famed entrance bit that we did where you actually like live watched the entrance that was titled like sexy entrance and I was in the bunker for that very show so things (laughs) whenever the legit boss is around there's a bunker for soon to follow so there you go uh george Amin says what are your thoughts on ko and reigns well i'm glad you asked george because we're going to get into the rest of the card now joseph any other thoughts from the royal rumble the, um i bummed me out the match the match yeah. that the match that uh, george's version bummed me out it was i loved it it was as it was as mick foley as kevin Owens has ever felt and that's saying something because he's been really going that way more and more as a baby face and then the finish and listen as a chubby lad that's made many simple tasks seem impossible, I really related to Paulie dangerously as he fumbled with that with that key. It was it was terrifying. <laughs> did you did, you could tell you know when someone's body language just screams, "I have no clue what I'm doing." <laughs> that was Paulie when he realised it was like the wrong side. Or it was is. it was on the wrong side. Yeah, oh yeah, Paul. Oh yeah, Paul. It was Good on one. The wrong side. Um, incre- incredible why did they bolt cutters? Like after the first couple of, of seconds, like why did they just? They should have brought bolt cutters in the first place instead of a key. Like why? Why, why do you have shoot a handcuffs? Why do any of this? This is like <laughs> use, use toys or something. I don't know. Do yeah, something use the one that you just little flick the flick a little switch and then it just pops yeah. off. Like fine. it would have been okay if that was a blown spot and then like I know he's not clear, but this is imagine he was. Jimmy Uso comes in. That's the finish. You would have forgotten about it. It wasn't. <laughs> The finish was literally Roman gets uncuffed, it does his finish, and that's the end. Yeah. Which just, it was a bummer. They deserve better. Their feud is an all-time... What? What is up with handcuffs in wrestling? We have handcuffs in the Royal Rumble. Uh, Chucky T is handcuffing Miro during a wedding. The the FTR has got Marco Staunton, like, 15 million handcuffs. Like, he's not a 15-year-old child. And, like, what are we doing here? It's just an elite wrestling tool. It's like... (laughs) Some visuals are super simple, right? And if you handcuff a baby face, you are just undeniably a dick. Like it's it's the it's perfection in old school wrestling in an old school wrestling sense, and it worked in that program. It just but in two of these instances, we had the heels get handcuffed. Well, that's that's shit. I'm not saying that's. (laughs) I'm saying saying it's very useful tool, you know. By the way, I I liked on um who were I'm doing this live on air as apparent professional. Who were the the big brothers that helped the Lance Archer on Dynamite? What's their team name? Oh, Bear Country. Okay, so I love that all of that happened while Ed Kingston was talking trash to Billy Gunn. Legitimately, <laughs> four like eight different bumps happened, and I was I was watching this thinking they could have done with some handcuffs, Jeremy. That's really what they needed. That's <laughs> they didn't have any. 
They only had three tables. So the handcuff situation was perfect for the for the program, which, by the way, is an all-time modern WWE title program or ever built. They were fighting over, I forget. It was great. I have no complaints. Unfortunately, sometimes stuff happens that just is completely, completely unnecessary and immoral that that would happen at that time. There is no need for the wrestling gods, John Bradshaw Layfield, to suddenly <laughs> at that point decide, no, Paul Lee is going to get sweaty palms and forget how to undo these cuts. It was it was unfair on those two men who deserve better. I loved their match before that. Joseph, do you use handcuffs in your personal life? Not often. Um, I, I'll say this much, though, Jeremy. There is, You know, recently we spoke about, like, this is how my brain works. I would have less fear going out and doing a professional wrestling promo than I would be in relied on to do a task that's like that. That handcuff thing gives me, like, the pure anxiety. <laughs> Do you not specifically what I'm saying here? Like, imagine being, I, I know Heyman's a vet. I, I get it, right? And that's probably his problem was he probably didn't overthink it. He should have probably prepared. <laughs> but, like, imagine you're at the Royal Rumble and it's like, oh, like, these guys are going to go through eight tables and then it relies on me undoing a pair of handcuffs. <laughs> Seems bad. <laughs> See, Paul, the sweat beads are going down Paul's head. I, I, I sympathize, man. So, no, I don't have much experience with handcuffs, thankfully. Um, but nor did Paul Heyman. It didn't bode too well for him. So, there you go. <laughs> Uh, anything else from the Rumble? Goldberg and, and Drew? What a match that was. Built on respect. Drew earned Goldberg's respect, Joseph. It's just like the most like paint-by-numbers textbook sprint you'll ever yeah. see. Like it, it never <laughs> felt like an actual sprint in the sense of, oh, my God, anything can happen. It just felt like, yeah, this is what the match that Goldberg does now. This is like the safe Goldberg match, which is hilarious. Paul. I like when he missed the spear and he hit the buckle and sold for like three minutes because apparently he was just, out? Oh, I don't know, he dude. hit the he missed the spear, but he hit, didn't he take the buckle like chest first instead yes. of like diving into the post because that's how he concussed himself in in Vietnam like that. And look, at least the man learned. Okay, at least he, he stayed learned. there. He stayed there for an amount of time that you only stay there if you're legitimately hurt. That's yeah. not, that seems bad, but you know, I don't I don't want to rag on the big bill. Like, I think there's a place for him. We've spoken before about how much fun it was when he killed Dolph. Like I think it's it's <laughs> so shorts fun were nice. His shorts were nice, you know. <laughs> I think there's something to be said for him. I just, in this role, it's just so cookie cut now. When it first happened with Brock, it was like a new match genre for WWE in the main event slots. Now it's like that's just the match he's doing. He's not. He has no other match he could possibly do. So it did nothing really for anyone involved. It was just a match for the sake of match for the for the five people in the world that only tune in when Goldberg wrestles that wasn't going to watch the Rumble anyway. This was their their match, I guess. So, whatever. I don't think that's helped Drew, by the way. Like, if you're a big Drew fan and you think I'm unfair to him, in fairness, he did just do a program with Goldberg and had COVID in the middle of it. It seems bad, you know? So, Jeremy's in agony over this. <laughs> my legs. I have an eight-hour drive tomorrow. My legs oh. cannot be bent up like this and, and working. Like, they're, they're, they're hurting right now, Joseph. They're hurting. I'm going to have to take a lot of Advil and leave after this. I got to cover a financials call after this. I got to listen to Vince McMahon talk about the peacock and everything. Just tough Look, man. times. You've listened to enough wrestler interviews to know you never, if you're at the wheel, you're never the one taking the pills, okay? Just remember that. <laughs> Be very careful, Jeremy. But anyway, the Royal Rumble. What else happened on the, the Royal Rumble? Oh, I want Do you to wanna... go ahead. Okay. What was your suggestion? Because mine's probably bad. Go ahead. My suggestion was the the, the Raw women's division. That was mine too, Jeremy. Okay, we're on, we're on the same page. <laughs> so, obviously, the Charlotte and Asuka thing 
the tag title thing was always like they need to figure out what this is because they're they're clearly going to be linked in some way at Mania. In fact, they may be linked to the next pay per view, dude. Like they honestly may. So they may be wrestling each other sooner than later. That thing is an absolute state. It gives me a headache trying to figure out where they're going. I don't know how in the world you kill your champion twice. <laughs> And then the next week, that character that you've got over by killing the champion goes back to wrestling the person they wrestled months ago to get over a character that you already got over. <laughs> Why? What is going on? How do Asuka and Alexa wrestle twice in two weeks and still not feel like they're in a program? Because they're not in one. They're not even in a program. They're just two people that wrestled each other. It's insane. I don't get it. You have Naomi's back. To be quite frank, I'll say this much. Injuries suck. If they are at a point where Naomi is like, we need to just keep her active for a while before we do a push a lot of tag team is fine i legit have no problem with it like do that if you want to do that a lot of return at the rumble joseph that was exactly. the biggest yeah. news out of it exactly so do that that's fine that's all fine so then that leaves you with like naira and shane are going to be defending the tag titles that's that's okay so then you have this cloud hovering over things and i'm sure people view that as alexa but it's lacey evans dude because this thing has not got a long time to wrap up this is probably going to be going for a little while longer are we actually legitimately going to a Charlotte Flair Lacey Evans title match at WrestleMania? Because it feels like we could be. I didn't even think about that. That's scary. I, I did see Rick's promo afterwards. And <laughs> oh, man, why'd you do that to me, Joseph? It's because they have two moms and they are all in on that program. Why? Right? Why'd you do this to me my last day in North Carolina? Just, just mean, man. That's what I do. Because um, <laughs> if you think about it like this, okay. If Lacey becomes champ and then Charlotte beats her for the belt, you do know that like they internally would see that as like she's vanquishing the past. You know, like she's going to be her own person now. This is her 18th title reign. Now <laughs> she's starting her own track. Even it's though, even like, though Rick says in every interview, like I'm Charlotte Flair's dad. Like it's not. Yeah, Charlotte Flair is my is my daughter. Like so. The dog's I, not happy about the Charlotte Flair talk. Shouldn't be. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of expect my my guess would be that's your title match. I'm sorry, guys. I know, and I think you'll get a cinematic match between Killer Clown Alexa and Killer Clown Asuka at the circus. Yep, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. Let's be really nice here and be kind, okay? What's the best thing we could come up with? We just got given the pencil. I thought it was just going to be a Charlotte and Asuka match. I, I thought that they would do, like, Charlotte vanquishes Lacey at one of the fast lane elimination chamber, whatever one of these mid-pay-per-views are. And then we just go to Charlotte and Asuka at WrestleMania. And then they look at that as, all right, now we've got um, – now we've got Asuka back on track. Like, all right, she lost all these matches and whatnot, but she's facing Charlotte now. So she's a she's a legit threat again because she's facing Charlotte. And then Charlotte just beats her at Mania. Or, I Asuka, mean, Asuka, you know what? Asuka wins at Mania. And then it further establishes her. Like, look, she's all the way back. And then she, like, loses the next month to Alexa or something. I mean, match quality-wise and just overall, that's obviously better than Lacey, right? But, like, it isn't good, is it? Because they've done so much damage to Asuka, bless her. All right, Joseph. I'm going to get through a couple of Super Chats here. <laughs> okay. Doink Return confirmed. Doink Fiend 30-Minute Classic. This is essentially what you're pitching. We did Doink and Fiend on the Tuesday show in a Fire yeah. Pro simulation. 
That's Alexa and, and Asuka. That's Doink yeah. and the Fiend. It's good. That's what you're telling me. It was me. a five-star right, match. I get, You know what? You're right. It was a five-star match. So it's going to go 27 minutes in, in the clown, in the circus, the three-ring circus. And everyone's going to love it. There's the Twitter threads, the Reddit threads from this mm-hmm. match that'll come out. It's oh. going to be it's going to be labeled as a classic. I, I could say, here's the deal. If, if you erase Lacey from this, which I've tried many times, doesn't ever work. <laughs> you do that. I could see a world in which you do Charlotte and Asuka on opposing sides. And it's a triple threat with Alexa as kind of like the, um, uh, what would be the phrase? The puppet master. You know, she's she's actually turning them against each other because she's a killer clown. And that sounds okay. I wouldn't mind that. But, you know, it depends if this black stuff's going to keep coming out of her mouth. Because in that case, I don't know if she can be working matches. The, med- the athletic commission might be a clearer. So I don't know. I mean, there's a lot going on there, Jeremy. I don't know, man. She got RKO'd. There's no follow-up. Randy Orton hasn't got burn marks on his face. He what sucks. do you mean there was no follow-up? They walked past each other on the ramp, and they gave each other, like, a little glance, like – Hey, no, I know you shot bad. me with a fireball. I know you hit me with an RKO. What's up? It's, Good it's, luck it's in your bad. match against Edge. I was watching that match. Congrats with Nikki on Cross. your win against Nikki Cross. I was watching the match with Nikki Cross, and I was like, "Would it be a bad thing if Alexa just killed off the Nikki Cross character and she just like went? She went to like NXT UK, and we all we all just pretended she came back in three years. Like, would it at this point would that be worse than what she's doing? Out of interest, because to me, if I was Nikki Cross, I'd be like, can Alexa kill me? That's what I would say. I'd put my hand up and say. Hello, can Alexa? Can she do that Bray Wyatt move where you spin the neck and the other person dies for a second? Can I do that? Can it actually kill me? This just time? get the just get the Finn Balor out of it. Like, yes. do do the neck snap, and then she just appears on NXT, and she's crazy Nikki Cross again. Yes, and we all remember why we actually like Nikki Cross and love Nikki Cross, and people when she's in NXT are like, man, they had Nikki Cross up there. Why why didn't they do this with her on the main hey, roster? Hang on, hang on, hang on. In fairness. <laughs> The Ember Moon run tells me we shouldn't be that generous. <laughs> Hopper H don't need that kind of love on this side, man. No. She would go back there, do like one cool promo, and then be forgotten. She for Ember months. Moon didn't get killed by the clown, though. She should. She should be asking to do Yeah, say, that's what I'm saying. This going so badly, I'll go back up, get killed, and come back down again. That's what I'll do. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Ember Moon didn't, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this NXT run hasn't been going going well. But she just returned from injury. That's not a big a deal as getting killed by a, a, a female True. Yeah, you're right. clown. I mean, uh, here's the point, Jeremy. Okay, go ahead. Super uh, I was just going to – the music was saying good luck on my move. I didn't know if we were moving on. But thank no, you. Know, I, have, I have one last point, but okay. the, the point of that is also correct. Yes, it is somewhat <laughs> more important than the women's raw division, the raw women's division. So they have to have – do they? Here's a genuine question. Do they know what the WrestleMania match is for that title yet? No, no, one hundred percent. I agree. I agree. Because the fact that they Charlotte, Charlotte's in it. That's all they know. Yes, every year. And the fact that they did another Alexa match on Monday means that like they they're not sure if she's actually in that or not. They just want to just keep it like maybe we need Alexa, maybe not. Maybe she's just the woman that's with the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Maybe she's like the most dominant force in the division. Who knows? Depends what they'll wake up. I guess right. I mean, it's just. It's it's something else, man. It's it's pretty bad. Um, I wish we could talk about more positive things on Raw, but even though this week's show I thought was okay and pretty good, there ain't a lot of interesting stuff on that show. It's just not, unfortunately. It's what it is. Anything else overall in the world of wrestling, Joseph? What about Gallows becoming like six-man king? In <laughs> these, these last two six-mans have been extraordinary matches, right? There he go. won. He got the pinfall and everything. <laughs> The man, the man gets banned from TNT for doing smoking drugs and doing jerk off motions, but 
you know, what can you do? <laughs> That's the man right there. That's the guy. Um, <laughs> he ruled. It's it's sad that he died in our universe because perfect terrible. for booty pro wrestling. It's terrible. I mean, we love the guy. It is funny though. Like I, I get why it's a meme and a joke. But it does show you how great modern pro wrestlers are in ring. That Gallows, like people talk about Gallows, like he's like an albatross. He's like you watch him in these matches, and he's completely fine. Like he's absolutely fine. Some of his stuff looks good. He was there working with Phoenix, and it looked great. Like it just amazes me how far. Once upon a time, Jeremy, there were actual like shit pro wrestlers in these matches that just couldn't do anything. It was a much more fun time when guns and knives were involved. Um, <laughs> nowadays, someone like Gallows is just perfectly fine. It's like, oh, get him out of there. He sucks. I don't get it. But he's, he's having a hell of a time. The, the six-man tag is, like, such a useful tool for them. It's a reminder of what um, WWE had when they had the Shield. And yeah. any given week, they could be like, we have a great main event this week because it's the Shield versus three guys. <laughs> Dude, you can do that stuff. If you ever got, especially in fairness to him, Omega is obviously great at, like, layout and stuff for the certified great match community. And he's, like, those matches always hit. They're just tremendous. So yeah. that was fun. That's the last four. The big LG, Doc Gallows. There you go. Joseph, would you like me to open the forbidden door? I'm going to say yes, but I am absolutely terrified as to the bit that awaits me. Yes, Jeremy, I would. Let me position my camera here. There we go. Let me get out of the way. We're going to open the forbidden door, everyone. Everyone tweet this. The forbidden door is going to be open. Hopefully people can see it. Let me actually... There we go. Oh, my goodness. Because I I know... Let let me remove the, uh, the banner here. A lot of thought went into this, Joseph. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. I assume it's not Kenta is what I'm going to guess. That's my guess. It's not Kenta. You don't know that, though. You don't know Jay that, Joseph. I can't see. So here we go. We're going to open the forbidden door. It's Sting! <laughs> and me! Sting at your feet! Yeah. <laughs> my God, it's Sting! Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, Sting oh man. <laughs> Sting took that bump he took off the stage that time. Remember that? On fire? <laughs> now it's just your crotch. Like, That's very exciting. We're wearing the oh, same shirts. I, I can't wow. really get the shot here. It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> the forbidden door should stay closed forever. <laughs> we're going to go back in the forbidden door. It's Sting, everybody. No, Sting is a mere bridge to the real pop there. You know that. I mean, we all love Stang. He's a hoodlum and all. We love Stang, but no, that's different. That's a different thing altogether. The shot of you trying to position yourself next to your own human form was incredible. Well, it gets, it gets more crazy every week, folks. The hits don't stop coming, do they? they just this keep is the going. last time I'm going to be in this distraction office, Joseph. This is the end of the North Carolina distraction office. We're moving to the Ohio distraction office now. Greatest moment in this territory, in your opinion, from the distraction I'm talking about. What do you say is the highlight? Oh man! Oh look, it's the it's the first take show, without a doubt. Yeah, it's the first take show. There's still Dr Pepper stains on the wall from <laughs> where I, I spit that out. <laughs> it, it's definitely the first take show uh, from this territory. Amazing, an amazing fiasco that was. We both came on and then like inexplicably got nervous as we were doing it. It just an incredible <laughs> scene. It was amazing. That was great fun. Mini, I took a bump over there in the corner that no oh, one can see. That was yeah. a, that was the most ill-fated, <laughs> short-sighted move you've ever made on the show. You took a bump and all the people could really hear was just, they just heard a noise, like a fud, and it just, you sort of slowly dropping. 
<laughs> it was the least impressive thing. <laughs> hey, the, the GIF is very fun because I just like fall off screen. It's like, what happened to this man? <laughs> it's, it's like, it's the equivalent of when you were going to do the Bob's ass, uh, not Bob O'Neill, Bob Lashley, <laughs> the Bob's ass bit. And then like Tank saved you from it literally just being your ass. Like it's that. <laughs> you just have an idea. And it's like, it's as blunt and as direct as that. There's, that's it. It's tremendous. And then I love it. That bit got ruined because the camera, we had WWE production. The camera missed the initial shot. So I had to do it again. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And also another all time moment from that, that particular setting. Lufa, right? That was from there. You, you know, that was a, a glorious occasion. Um, Lufa, by the way, AW Dynamite Star Lufa. Yeah, Pre- Hangman and Hardy ducked him so bad. Did you notice that? They were just like, Serpentico, get him out. He's the original Death Dealer. Hangman literally ducked him. Luther's trying to do a cannonball <laughs> off the apron, and Hangman just moved out of the way. <laughs> the look he gave the camera after that was so tremendous. There was a distinct <laughs> nitro feel to that show, wasn't there, last night? I loved it. It was cool. I mean, the wrestling is obviously <laughs> it's better because like 60% of WCW roster back then didn't care. But there was a very night, like the way that it went off. This is what they did in one fell swoop, okay? They went wedding, Shaq promo, Ed Kingston lumberjack match. (laughs) I was like, man, Ed's following a lot of shit. I don't think he's ever followed a Shaq promo. I'm going to be like, by the way, Shaq stole the Judas effect too, without knowing. (laughs) That's one last thing, actually, Jeremy. That is a point. We we kind of discovered together that the All Star game would stop Shaq, right? Yeah. Is it just me or is that not a way better fit anyway? TNT, that's where like that audience oh, is. Yeah, They don't want to buy a pay-per-view, right? That's much better. Right. I understand you want to try to like sell a pay-per-view around Shaq and everything. I feel like any AEW show is just going to do like their 100,000 and like yeah. Shaq ain't adding like 10,000 or whatever to this show. Like he ain't, he ain't boosting the buy rate that much. So yeah, put it on TNT, pop the rating for that week, do a bunch of NBA mm-hmm. crossover if possible i guess it's not because the aw guys will be wrestling that night i was gonna say like send an aw guy who's not wrestling send them to the all-star game like do something yeah. with that yeah cody might not be wrestling now because yeah, cody might not have that show like have cody appear on the all-star game that sunday it's it makes so much more sense to me because let's be honest it's a publicity stunt that's just what these things are like yeah the audience that's got a vague interest in Shaq is so much more likely to tune into TNT than they are to pay 50 bucks for a pay-per-view. Like it just is what it is or whatever the price is, you know? So I thought that was a point and we kind of figured out amongst each other, which was impressive. We actually hit on one Jeremy, very, very exciting time. But other than that, the big news is a territory is dying here. Jeremy's moving on new booking office, um, new baby faces and heels to get over, new bits to establish exciting times. Everyone go and wish Jeremy well. Um, that's that, the distraction. God bless. I think I think it'll take a while. Music Music and Moonsault says, I hope this move turns out better than when Jim Crockett moved their office to Dallas. Let's hope. God willing. Yeah. <laughs> that was really I mean, you gotta say, good brother there has taken my bit and like made it infinitely better by giving an actual example. Yes, very good. <laughs> Let's hope it does go better than that. I think it'll take it a while to establish a new territory. Give me like six months or so. We're gonna be, we're gonna be cooking with oil. Cooking with oil in the new territory, Joseph. Joseph anything to plug? I never have anything to plug at this point. I mean, at this you, know, you wrote a you wrote a Sammy Joe piece. Oh, I did do that. Yes. Yeah, so new series um, because I'm told that people love hashtag positivity. Um, the Samoa Joe, I love the man, and I've got a new series to write about people I don't cover weekly anymore because of the roles they're in, the place their careers are at. So yeah, if you go on my Twitter, you can find that wrestling with takes has loads of articles, and I do this this terrible podcast you're watching now. You've been watching for eighty <laughs> minutes. 
Um, other than that, here's what it is, right? Follow me, don't follow me. Who really cares at this point? We're, we're way too deep in together. Here's what it is. Um, we'll be back Tuesday. Tuesday, twitch.tv slash Gaming. We'll be doing uh, more Fire Pro simulation. Assuming everything gets set up and, and runs well. Let me not quite commit to that because uh could run into some trouble this weekend with, with the move and everything. Uh, thank you, everyone. We will talk to y'all on Tuesday.